This is an exciting time of year. It's been an exciting service. Would you agree with that, church? Praise God for the baptism. Praise God for the worship and the reading of his word. It's been enjoyable. It's been fun. It's been uplifting. And now I'm going to shift the tone. And I hate to be a little bit of a Scrooge this morning. But I want to talk about something serious. I want to talk about darkness. I want to talk about darkness this morning. Why? Why talk about darkness when we're supposed to be a cheery Christmas Eve service? Well, I want to address the reality in which we live. And it's a dark reality. And if we ignore that reality in which we live, then we miss the significance of Christmas. If we forget that we live in a dark world, we miss the significance of Christmas. Catherine read from Isaiah chapter 9 at the start of the service, and it starts off this way in verse 2. It says, the people who walked in darkness. The people who walked in darkness. Darkness is an apt description of where we find ourselves in our day and age. And just to explain what darkness is, what we're referring to here is it's a reference to evil. By darkness, what we're talking about is the evil that pervades our world. And it wasn't just those in Isaiah 9 who walk in darkness. It's us today. The darkness has not left. I've got a question for you, church. Do you feel the darkness? Are you weighed down by the darkness in our world? Now, Christmas can be a great time of joy, it can be a great time of family, it can be a great time of fun, but it can also be a time of stress, it can be a time of loneliness, it can be a time of pain. Christmas can be a time of great expectations that are tragically unmet. Have you ever walked into the Christmas season with great expectations only to walk away from the Christmas season feeling empty? There's a lot of pain that can happen at Christmas time because there's a lot of pain in our world. Christmas is meant to be a season of light, and yet it easily becomes a season of darkness. Church, do you feel the darkness? I only have two points this morning, and it's going to be a shorter message. We're in a family service this morning, so delighted to have the kids among us. But just so you know, it is going to be a shorter message, but I hope not any less significant. I have two points, and they're surrounding this theme of darkness. And here's your first point this morning. We are surrounded by darkness, and we cannot overcome it. That's the first point. That's a sobering point, and I want to deal with this, and I want to pick it apart into two sections. The first part is we are surrounded by darkness, Isaiah, again, Isaiah 9, 2, the people who walked in darkness. Now, just to give you a little bit of history, Isaiah wrote to the kingdom of Judah between approximately 740 B.C. and 681 B.C., and the people there in that verse are the people of Israel who had rejected God. And at this time, there was two kingdoms of Israel, the northern kingdom called Israel and the southern kingdom called Judah. The northern kingdom at this time had been invaded by the Assyrians, And there was the threat of invasion 
hovering over the southern kingdom of Judah. And you can imagine as a person, as an Israelite living in Judah, feeling the weight, feeling the darkness of the threat of invasion. The people who walked in darkness, believe it, they felt the darkness. We are surrounded by darkness. I want to point out two reasons for that statement, we are surrounded by darkness, and here's reason number one. We are surrounded by darkness because from darkness we have come. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were born dead spiritually. We were born into this world sinners. We were born separated from God. We were born condemned to spend our lives without him and then to spend eternity in hell. We came from darkness. We were born in darkness. That's the first reason we're surrounded by darkness. The second reason is this. We simply live in darkness. Though many of us in this room have professed Christ Jesus as Lord, we still live in a world that is consumed with darkness. Our world lives to serve itself. Our world has denied and rejected the God who created it, and as a result, they have turned their backs on God and live in darkness. We're surrounded by darkness. We live among darkness. Do you feel it, church? It's everywhere. There's darkness in our own hearts. There's darkness in our homes. There's darkness in our neighborhoods. There's darkness in our jobs. There's darkness at our schools. There's darkness in our government. There's darkness in our police stations, in our hospitals, in our gyms, in our grocery stores, in our theaters, in our gas stations, in our mechanics, in our recreational places, everywhere is con- is con- is con- is consumed with darkness. Do you feel the darkness? Now this darkness, how does it manifest itself? What does it look like? It manifests itself with ungodliness, idolatry, blasphemy, dishonor, broken families, hate, broken marriages, thievery, deception, and ungodly desires. We're affected by it. We're trampled by it. We're oppressed by it. If you didn't feel it at the beginning of the message, I'm sure you feel it now. That was the first part of the statement. We are surrounded by darkness, and I'm afraid to tell you that it gets even worse. Here's the second part of the statement. We cannot overcome it. The darkness is so strong and so expansive that mere human strength cannot overcome it. Back to Ephesians chapter 2, Paul tells us this. We were dead in our trespasses and sins in which you once formerly, once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. We were dead, he says. Dead people can do nothing about their situation. They are completely incapable of doing anything. We cannot overcome the darkness. Even Christians, without operating in the power of the Holy Spirit, have no ability to overcome the darkness. John, or Jesus says in John 15, 4 and 5, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. We 
cannot overcome the darkness. We are incapable about doing anything of the darkness that surrounds and infects us all. Church, do you feel the darkness? Do you feel overcome by it sometimes? You know, just a few days ago was December 21st, winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. The day on which we experience the most darkness, which means that this time of year is the darkest time as far as sunlight goes. But do you know what that means? It only gets lighter from here. We are those who have walked in darkness, but we are not without hope. Isaiah 9-2 reads, I'm going to read it again. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them, light has shone. Friends, there is light. I have three questions about this light from Isaiah 9-2. What is the light? Upon whom does it shine? And what does the shining light do? What is the light? Upon whom does it shine and what does the shining light do? The text that follows actually answers the last two questions first. So read along with me as I read from Isaiah 9, 3 and following. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. The light has shone on Israel, on Judah. The light conquers the enemy. It reverses the threat of invasion. It relieves the nation from danger. The text promises an increase of people and an increase of joy. It promises that the yoke of his burden, that's Assyria, his burden, his staff, and the rod of his oppressor will be broken. The threat will be removed, it says, as on the day of Midian, which is a reference to the story of Gideon from Judges chapter 6 and 7. Just as Gideon defeated Midian with a mere 300 men, so God will deliver Judah from the threat of invasion. The text tells us that for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. In other words, the clothing that was made for battle will be burned in defeat. What does the shining light do? It overcomes the darkness. God would not leave his people in darkness. God would deliver Judah from the threat of invasion. That's the promise of Isaiah 9. However, that darkness was only dispelled for a time. Judah did eventually fall. And if you know your history, Judah falls. It's taken captive. It's carried off to Babylon That darkness was only relieved for a time. But the text goes on to tell us that it's not just a temporary relief that God is looking for. It's a permanent relief of the darkness that God is after. The light shines upon Israel. It dispels the darkness for a time, but eventually forever. 
Now I'm gonna answer that first question. What is the light? Verse six of Isaiah nine says this. For to us a child is born. For to us a son is given. I told you I was only gonna give you two points this morning. The first was we are surrounded by darkness and we cannot overcome it. But the second point is this. Jesus is the light who has overcome the darkness. Jesus is the light who has overcome the darkness. Again, I want to break this point down. The first point, Jesus is the light. What is the light? Better said, who is the light? It is Jesus I want to transition now to John 1, verses 1 through 5. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. Those who walked in darkness have seen a great light, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome it. The darkness has not overcome it. The light is the word. The word is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light that breaks the darkness. He is, you could say, the darkness breaker. Now, why? Why is he able to overcome the darkness when we are not? John 1, 1 through 5 tells us by telling us who he is. He can break the darkness because of who he is. What does John 1 tell us about the darkness breaker? First, it calls him the word. Well, what does that mean? Honestly, I could probably spend three sermons on that but I'm just going to give it to you in brief. In Hebrew thought, the word was how God created the world. He spoke it into existence. And this signifies unspeakable power. By the power of his word, worlds are formed. Animals come to life. Brokenness is restored. Sick bodies are made well. The impaired are made whole by his word. Second, it tells us that he is timeless that he was in the beginning with God. The word is not a created being. He has always been and always will be. Third, the text tells us that he's creator, that he was there with the Father and the Spirit at the beginning, shaping the world, setting the boundaries of the sea, forming the land, the plants, the living things. He was there. Fourth, the text tells us that he is life and light. He is life in the sense that he brings supernatural life to that which is dead. He takes the dead and makes them alive to God, and that life is the light, meaning we can comprehend him. We can comprehend God and all his marvelous works because of what the light has done in our lives. And fifthly, what does this tell us about him? Because of all that he is, he cannot be overcome by the darkness. Though the darkness is dark indeed, though the deeds of men are evil, though Satan's forces are hard at work, though we feel the darkness, do you feel it, church? We feel it. And it threatens to overcome us and would overcome us 
only it cannot overcome the light. The darkness has no power over the light, and Jesus is the light who overcomes the darkness. How did he do it? How did God Almighty choose to overcome the darkness? John 1.14 tells us, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He overcame the darkness by stepping into our dark world. This is the child that was spoken of in Isaiah 9. This is the Messiah. This is the wonder of Christmas. Do you know what the wonder of Christmas is? It's God becoming man. That's the wonder of Christmas. Can I share something with you? Do you want to know what my favorite Christmas carol is? Mary, did you know? (laughs) Do you know why that one's my favorite one? Of all the great, and there's a lot of great, of all the great Christmas carols, Mary, did you know is my favorite. And you want to know why? Because I believe that Mary, did you know, captures the wonder of God in human flesh. Let me just read for you a couple lines. The songwriter sings, Mary, did you know, that your baby boy has walked where angels trod. When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. The last line of that song, that sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. That captures the incarnation. That captures the wonder of Christmas, the great I am wrapped in human flesh as a baby. You know what? We can't even really comprehend. I think that would break our brains if we comprehended that. That is incredible. God stepped into time and space as a child and the darkness could not overcome it. Back to Isaiah 9, reading more about this child. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The darkness was expelled in Judah. Assyria was pushed back, but they returned. And the darkness still rages on around us, but God has a plan. God has a plan to completely eradicate the darkness once and for all. How? Isaiah 9 tells us through a child. But not just any child. A son with shoulders big enough to hold governments. He rules over governments. He's a child who brings great comfort. He's called the wonderful comforter. He's a child who is divine Mighty God. He's a child who guides with tenderness like a loving father. He's a child who establishes peace forever. Who is the child who can dispel darkness, not just for a season, but forevermore? Not just any child, but the promised one, the Messiah, the Christ. He is Jesus. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. Because though the darkness was strong, He has come, and the darkness cannot overcome him. And that leaves me with two final thoughts. If we're in a world of darkness, and we ourselves cannot overcome it, but he is the light, and he has overcome the darkness, then I have to ask this question, do you know this Jesus? 
Do you know the darkness breaker? Do you know Jesus Christ? The good news is you can. Let me ask a question. Do you know what Jesus offers? Do you really know what he offers? Some say that Jesus offers us heaven. Some say that Jesus offers us forgiveness of sin. Some say that Jesus offers us a family when we join a church. And all those things are true. They're all true. We do receive those in Christ. When we put our trust in him, we do receive all those. But do you know those are byproducts? Do you know what Jesus offers us, what he generously offers us? Himself. 1 Corinthians 5.18, Paul writes, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, reconciliation means to call back into union, into fellowship, to call back into union, into fellowship. He reconciled us to himself. He is the treasure. He offers us himself. When you come to faith in Jesus, you are reconciled to him. You are restored in a relationship with him, and that's what we want. That's what our soul longs for. He is the all-satisfying being who created us to enjoy him. You know, when you have a, a spat with your spouse or with your friend, anyone ever been there? You know, afterward, there's that coldness in the air. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Amen. We finally come to our senses and we apologize. Why? Why do we apologize? Because we want that person back in our lives. We want that forgiveness and that restoration. We want to be reconciled to that person. We want that union and that friendship restored. And that's what Jesus offers to us with himself. So do you know him? Do you know him who shines in the darkness? Are you tired of the darkness? Are you tired of living life for yourself? Then come to Jesus. And you might ask me, how do I do that? Simple, repent and believe. Repent means to turn from, it's to forsake, it's to reject your sin. See, sin is simply rejecting Jesus. That's really the bottom line of sin. It's rejecting Jesus. Yes, we do deeds of sin, but sin is simply rejecting Jesus. It's choosing my way instead of his way. And to repent is to turn from living life for myself and instead to trust in Jesus and live life for Jesus. See, sin has broken that relationship. That's why we need to be reconciled. It's broken that relationship. Sin is offensive to him, and sin results in hell forevermore. It does. But turning from sin and trusting in who Jesus is, that he is God, and trusting in what Jesus did, that he died to take your sin from you on that cross, that restores the relationship with him. That pulls you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. So do you know Jesus? You can know him today. And if you have more questions, feel free to catch me after the service. I would love to talk to you. That's the first thought. I have one more thought I want to leave you with. I'm almost done. Believers, 
do you receive this message as a message of hope? We have a Savior. The light has come. We live in darkness, and my friends, we're going to continue to walk in darkness. And you feel the darkness, and I feel the darkness, but the light has overcome the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Do you hope in the word and the light of John 1? Do you hope in the child of Isaiah 9? Do you hope in Jesus because the darkness has not overcome him? I want to leave you with that hope. You came to faith in Christ if you're a believer in Jesus. You came to him in faith. You trusted him and were saved. But do you keep on trusting him? Are you trying to do life in your own strength or are you looking to him to give you the strength? Are you finding your strength in he who the darkness has not overcome? Are you seeing patterns of sin broken in your life? Are you replacing idols in your heart with, your, with Jesus Christ? Is he becoming more and more your first love and affection? Is your faith growing so that you trust him more and more and more. What's the key to that? It's John 6, 29. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. The way to see the darkness dispelled in your own life is to believe. Believe that he can do it to run to him for the satisfaction that your soul desires, to draw closer to him through faith, to recognize the areas in your life where you still doubt, where you still worship something other than him, and then to turn in him in faith, and he, my brothers and sisters, will change you. Do you feel the darkness, church? Feel the darkness no longer. Christ is the light that came into the world to overcome the darkness. Tomorrow, when you wake up on Christmas Day, turn to your Savior. And whatever darkness you see, whatever darkness you feel, I want you to remember this. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's pray. Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, the light of the world, we thank and praise you that you stepped out of heaven into the darkness. We praise you that the darkness has not and cannot overcome you. We glory in who you are and praise you for your wonderful works. We thank you for being born as a baby and coming to our planet. Thank you for giving us hope by saving us from our sins and offering us yourself. Oh, God, help us. Help us to trust you more and more. Grow our faith so that the darkness in our hearts is dispelled more and more and more as we delight even more and more in you. We thank and praise you in the great and awesome name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen.